everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Leaders Corner, hosted by me, Allison. And me, Renee, from Leaders Fluent. This is where we delve into the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Today, we're absolutely honored to be joined by Max Livingston, the founder of CourseLink. Uh, Max, just to start off, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Max Livingston. I'm currently in second year university at uh, the University of Western Ontario. And in the summer, I founded CourseLink with uh, one of my best friends, Seb Danson, uh, which has been a really interesting experience. Um, and I look forward to talking about it more uh, in this conversation. That's awesome. All right. So we were just wondering, um, we always think it's super interesting just to learn how people stumble across the world of entrepreneurship. It's not something you get into every day. Uh, so we were wondering how you came up with the idea for your startup. For sure. So uh, after first year um, or during first year, I had uh, obtained an internship at a marketing firm. Um, and because of COVID, it was canceled uh, and I was given a week notice or essentially a week before it was supposed to start, I was told that it was essentially canceled. Um, and so I was kind of bummed out and I decided that I'd just use the summer to kind of read uh, and for personal development. Um, and kind of, I think it was July uh, when my friend Seb reached out to me. Uh, and Seb is one of my really, really good friends from high school. He's currently studying computer science at McGill. Uh, and he was working on an app called UniPlan, which is essentially... Uh, meant to be a practical uh, kind of calendar reminder application for that basically allows you to put in your assignments and to do's and it reminds you of when to do them or when you're supposed to do them essentially. And he said to me, uh, I'm working on this app. Uh, I think it's really, uh, it's like a, something that I'm just doing as a summer project. Uh, and I was wondering if you could help me out. I'm reaching out to three or four of my friends uh, and looking to get as much feedback as I can. And so I didn't really have anything to do. Uh, so I put a lot of effort into giving feedback. Um, I uh, kind of went through all the features, tested everything, um, and then also like gave suggestions for things that I thought could be improved or new features that I thought he could add. Uh, and so uh, he basically used the feedback. He thought it was really good. And about a week later, he reached out to me again and he said, Max, you were the only person that I reached out to who actually gave me any feedback uh, and you gave me really good feedback for this. Do you want to um, build something with me, like something more ambitious and something better? Uh, and I said, sure. Yeah, 100%. That sounds awesome. Uh, I'm not really doing anything else. Um, and Seb is like the perfect business partner to kind of go in, into something like this with. Um, for the past two months, him and I had been sending each other books that we've been reading about entrepreneurship, literature, all that stuff. Uh, and so I was really excited uh, to kind of get into something new with him. And so we had a four hour Zoom call, I think, um, either in early August or late July, uh, where we basically just threw out all of our app ideas. It was like a throw up, a throw up session almost, um, where we talked about every idea that we possibly could, uh, every problem that we thought we could solve, all that. And we came up with the idea for CourseLink, which is essentially a student-run social media platform with group chats for every class, faculty, and extracurricular at schools. Uh, and so right after conceptualizing kind of the very basic outline of it, we reached out to um, uh, 
another guy called Vic, who is a friend of Seb, was a friend of Seb's at McGill uh, and had been working uh, with small businesses, designing their websites during COVID, um, helping them go online. And Vic was totally on board. He thought it was a great idea. So the three of us then spent the rest of the summer um, working on it together. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of taken off since then. That is so cool. It seems that everything really fell into place and things were meant to be. It's pretty funny because um, Seb and I have always been like in high school, we were really, really good friends. And it was kind of always we bonded over kind of how hard we worked during high school uh, to achieve like goals and whatnot. He was also really big into track as well. And he got me into that. Uh, and yeah, it, it's really fell in place. But it was um, it was definitely a kind of a product of the pandemic. Like Seb had an internship as well that was canceled. Um, and so both of us were just uh, kind of had nothing to do uh, and were uh, looking for something to do. And then, yeah, kind of came together. <laughs> yeah, everything happens for a reason, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, and you touched on this a little bit, but can you please tell us a little bit more about your startup and what type of services it provides? You can also sure. talk about um, your mission and core values. Yeah. So essentially in the four hour kind of conceptualization meeting that Seb and I were having, um, we talked about a lot about kind of how um, how difficult it like basically uh, everyone in university knows that uh, every class has like a group chat where everyone, or at least not just one group chat, a bunch of group chats that people join to kind of meet each other, other people in the class, but also to share notes and uh, collaborate academically and whatnot. Uh, and Seb and I kind of saw how difficult the process was to find these group chats and make them. Uh, like typically right now, the way to do it is you go into a big group chat or not a group chat, like a community on Facebook with like 60,000 people and say, hey, uh, I'm in this class. Can anyone make a group chat or is there a group chat? Can I find one? Uh, and we kind of went through these and there's so many that just aren't answered that just kind of go into the void. And we saw, so we thought that by making CoreSync, which is essentially a social media platform with group chats for every single class, faculty and extracurricular, um, at kind of respective universities that we're at, we thought that we could make the university experience a bit more inclusive and kind of involve more people into uh, kind of the group chat experience, which we think is now in the age of social media, kind of a essential part of um, academic life at universities. And not only did we think that we could make it like more accessible to everyone, but we also thought we could make it better. One problem in these group chats is often that uh, it's really difficult to, to find relevant information. So we came up with the idea for filters, which is essentially where you can, um, on our app, you can filter through chats for notes, exam-related content, assignment-related content, and all that stuff, uh, which basically makes academic cooperation and collaboration a lot more easy than it would be on kind of uh, group chats. And um, as of right now, uh, we've we launched in January in January of this year, and we got 3,000 users uh, from McGill and Western, which were the two schools that we launched at. Um, and it was really it was a fantastic experience to kind of have all these people that we didn't know and people that we did know reach out to us and say, hey, the first semester, especially with COVID, was really difficult for me. Uh, I wasn't able to 
kind of make friends or like uh, kind of uh, feel like I was a part of a community, uh, this app is like, it's going to be, it's going to give me a chance kind of to like make friends in a way that I wouldn't before. And we thought that was really touching. Uh, and we thought that we could make CourseLink a lot better than it is right now. And so what we did was we reached out, we, we got three people, to, new people to join our team, uh, a new marketing guy and two new developers. And our mission goal, our, our, our mission now uh, is essentially to make CourseLink into an online campus for the 30 biggest schools at, in Canada and 10 American schools in the fall. Uh, we plan on putting in a ton of new features that make uh, student life more enjoyable, but also kind of adapt student life to uh, fundamental changes that we see happening as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So one thing that we're adding, uh, actually that's coming out on Monday, I'm pretty sure, or it's supposed to come out on Monday, is a class calendar. Uh, in which every group chat has an accompanying calendar that users can uh, basically access. Uh, and uh, every user within the group chat can put in uh, different deadlines and important dates and, and whatnot. Uh, so we think that's gonna be an interesting feature. And then we have kind of ideas for all this other stuff uh, like a community blog and whatnot. Uh, we just really, we wanna become an online campus essentially. That's really incredible. I know like you, some of the stuff you were touching on, I was sitting here thinking like, wow, that solves all of the problems. I know for one, uh, like as a first year, I've experienced all of that. Um, definitely trying to find group chats. Like you said, ton of like a ton of people's requests go totally uh, unfulfilled. And as well, it's really hard to keep track of all the different group chats between uh, their platforms. Like if it's on Microsoft Teams, Snapchat, Instagram, and they fill up so quickly. Um, so it's really hard to find like quality group chats. And I think the filtering feature is super useful because it's always uh, congested with people talking about other classes or other tests. Uh, so that's really, really helpful. And I know you said you guys are planning on expanding to more schools. So how do you plan on growing your business and what is it like targeting it towards students? Um, so essentially we plan to grow a business in kind of two ways. Um, the first is like I was talking before about kind of just making it um, basically doing more with what we kind of have right now. Um, uh, Cause kind of there are a lot of things, like I said, that we've realized we can probably do with our platform and good things that we can do. Uh, for instance, uh, we think that the filter, uh, being able to kind of uh, find information more easily within chats can really help students with learning disabilities um, who otherwise would kind of um, have to go through kind of the school as an institution to find notes, which is often like a kind of bureaucratic and difficult process. So we think that could be really interesting. And we also just think that we can make the kind of group chat experience less anxiety inducing as it is than it currently is. And we feel as if this is not just kind of a problem that is um, kind of, uh, this, this isn't just a COVID problem. We think that it's always, group chats are like huge things um, in online school and in uh, regular school. It's always anxiety inducing to kind of go up to new people and ask them to like include you into a group chat or to post on Facebook and try and get you into group chats. So we're really just trying to become as big as possible to, um, uh, to kind of do more good, I guess. And uh, the plan that we kind of have to expand to a lot more schools um, is actually, uh, it's been in the works for about two months. 
we just hired, or we didn't hire, but we uh, got a new guy on our team called Timur, who was our, our marketing guy. Um, he, we met him in January um, and he basically reached out to us and said, um, I'd like, I think this is like amazing. I'd like to help you guys in any way I can. Uh, he had been working with small businesses before uh, helping them kind of a- adapt their marketing campaigns to the pandemic. Um, and so he had a lot of experience and he came in and he's been developing a really interesting kind of expansion plan that we're going to implement soon. And that involves kind of um, that essentially involves like a huge program uh, where which has two components, essentially. The first one is a free one. Uh, and for that purpose, we're reaching out to all the student organizations, uh, clubs and uh, kind of any anyone who has influence within universities uh, and getting them or telling them about our product uh, and essentially saying, like, this is something that we think we could help with, uh, we could help you with. Uh, and that would be good for you to basically um, uh, to adopt for your for what you're doing. Um, and in that respect, we're actually we're catering a lot to clubs because we think club group chats can be inc- improved a lot as well. Um, but yeah, so we're basically exhausting kind of all the free options. And then the second part is one that we've actually we've been working to attain funding for. Uh, we've been in talk we've been in talks with um, a, co- a couple of venture capitalists who have been willing to invest some money into our kind of company to help with advertising. Uh, we've actually been talking with an entrepreneur in particular called Chris Thierry, um, who is, uh, who's basically mentoring us right now uh, and kind of uh, in the, we're in the process of kind of um, uh, looking at how much our marketing campaign is actually going to cost. And uh, he thinks he can help with that. Uh, but we're also kind of in a, a variety of entrepreneurship competitions as well. Uh, like one called the McGill Dobson Cup, uh, with which has, um, I believe, a twenty thousand dollar uh, kind of reward for the winner, uh, and so we're looking to kind of raise funds in that sense to uh, implement a marketing program that would include kind of an ambassador program, where we get people at specific schools to um, uh, get all their friends to join essentially, and we compensate them for every user that they attract to our platform. Uh, and then also uh, we're just brainstorming different things like a referral code, for instance. So all users can kind of uh, send their friends links uh, to CourseLink. And then uh, once their friends come on, we'd get a notification that they referred them. So we're thinking about doing like a raffle or a competition for all our users. Um, and the last thing that we're planning on doing is reaching out to social media student influencers and getting them to kind of endorse or advertise our product. Um, the reason that we're doing this as opposed to like conventional Instagram or Facebook advertising is because typically we've looked at quite a few studies and and the conversion rates for influencers are a lot higher, uh, than they are for, uh, uh, for like placed Facebook and Instagram advertising. And it's also a bit more personal. Like when we, most of the time when we reach out to influencers about endorsing us, they actually think it's like a really interesting product uh, and they often like want to help. Whereas it, it's kind of faceless uh, to go with like ad or with to go to like um, Facebook and Instagram advertising, but that in essence, uh, and then the campaign that we're kind of going to uh, spearhead in the fall involves expanding to the 30 biggest Canadian schools uh, and a variety of American ones that we think we could kind of penetrate. 
so like UCLA, Michigan State, a bunch of really big ones uh, there. But um, yeah, it's uh, really exciting. Uh, and we're essentially going to grind this summer to kind of make it happen. Wow. It seems like you got a pretty solid plan so far. Uh, yeah, I think so. We're working on it, though. Um, <laughs> it's definitely in the works. I'm so excited to hopefully use your platform one day when I go to university. Sure. <laughs> <I'm> sure <laughs> yeah, many of our listeners, too, probably. Um, and speaking of schools and all that, I was wondering, how has your education at Western University supported uh, your journey in entrepreneurship? For sure. So um, I'm basically right now in a program at Western, um, or uh, I'm intending to do a dual degree uh, with the Ivy Business School and um, the Faculty of International Relations at Western. Uh, so that's essentially a five-year degree where for the first two years of study, um, you specialize solely in uh, what you wanna do, which for me is international relations. And then in uh, the remainder, uh, the three remaining years, you kind of do a combination of the two. And so I actually haven't really had that much of a business education thus far. Uh, I have been in arts um, and I think uh, even though people don't really talk about arts being applicable to the business world, I think it's definitely certainly helped me in ways that um, uh, it's helped kind of the development of this business in really, really important ways. Um, for instance, in first year, I took an English literature course, uh, uh, English Lit 12 or 1020, uh, which I think had a, it had a lot of people. But essentially what it did was it got me really into reading classical literature uh, which I think is super important for everyone uh, looking to get into business because what it does is it teaches you empathy. Uh, and there are actually a lot of scholarly studies about this too that illustrate uh, kind of um, the, uh, the effects of reading English literature, which is uh, that it kind of makes you more empathetic and makes you able to imagine yourself in the shoes of other people uh, more, uh, more effectively, I guess. And so... I really, from that course, I really began reading kind of on my own time more. Um, and I found that kind of in the summer when coming up with the ideas for CourseLink and conceptualizing features like the filter one I said, uh, and the calendar one that we're adding now, uh, I was really, I, I think English literature and the empathy that it gave me really played an important role in kind of um, in doing that. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I feel like that's not the typical advice you hear from uh, like an entrepreneur on this type of question. That's very, very unique. No, um, not at all. But yeah. um, actually, both my parents are entrepreneurs as well. Um, I'm very privileged in that sense. And both of them were English literature majors as well. Um, wow. And yeah, I think people underestimate the importance of the humanities and the arts a lot in business. Um, I think that every business person should be well-versed in, um, in, in the arts. And that's why I really, I, I really like the program at Western, which allows you to kind of explore both, uh, both of those avenues simultaneously, because you can get the practical knowledge with the business, but then you can also get knowledge that isn't necessarily practical, but knowledge that is uh, kind of useful in other senses in personal development, I guess, uh, through the other courses. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in business, uh, I've heard this talked about many times before, but it's so important to develop your soft skills, interacting with people. That's what business is all about. So uh, if you're like a really great communicator and you learn how to be empathetic and communicate things very, very clearly, that's so important in my opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, and I really think, too, that um, literature and good literature that has uh, a, the capacity to really help um, help develop kind of business ethics as well, because uh, I think that's a really big problem in the business world right now uh, and uh, not just now, but kind of in its history. And I think there's no better way to learn about um, kind of business integrity and being ethical in your operations than by reading people like Charles Dickens, who talk about the consequences of um, kind of corporate irresponsibility in the 19th century, uh, and Joseph Conrad, who goes really in, in depth about um, uh, corporate social responsibility in uh, the Congo in the early, or early 20th century. So I think it's something that's really important. There's actually, in my Business 2257 class, uh, one of the cases that we were looking at involved um, basically a decision that a corporation had to make that would involve laying off 50 people, 50 of its workers. And throughout the entire two hour discussion that we had about it, not a single person mentioned uh, kind of how the consequences of laying off these 50 people, how that, or they weren't, that wasn't even a consideration. It was all costs and kind of other stuff like that, productivity, efficiency. And I just think, um, it's really important for everyone in business to kind of gain empathy and to be empathetic uh, and really take into perspective um, or take others, uh, other people's perspectives into account in particularly when doing operational decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Business, like, although it may seem like it's just about the money, obviously it's not. It's about people's livelihood and people's like well-being at stake. I think that's so important. It's actually um, something that we've... Uh, kind of this mentality is actually something that we've used in CourseLink a lot. Uh, like one of the potential, uh, when we first launched, we were thinking about uh, sending emails to basically every single person at Western and uh, Western and McGill, um, telling them about our service and that it was pretty easy. Like uh, we had a bunch of computer science guys that could just like uh, do their thing and get everyone's email addresses pretty easily. Uh, but we actually saw that that violated um, federal it basically we wouldn't get caught for it and it would probably get us a lot of users but it would have violated uh, canadian anti-spam laws and we just saw it as kind of unethical behavior so we actually didn't do that we opted not to do it um even though it would have been i guess the efficient thing to do in getting people to our platform no absolutely that's definitely the respectable thing to do even though you'd probably get away with it no problem uh that's good like it's really good to see that there's people running businesses who care about even like the little details like that when it uh comes to ethics and just being a good company uh at its core i think this actually this relates a lot um i'm super privileged in the sense that uh my family is kind of really experienced in business um and my grandfather was actually a business theorist he worked at the university of toronto and he was really um he was really important in developing um, uh, kind of frame practical frameworks that companies could use uh, to measure their social performance and also to uh, see or, uh, to see how well they were kind of taking into account the perspectives of their stakeholders. So all those who had something to gain from the gain or lose from the operations of a business in their kind of operational decisions. And so that has, I think that has really been super important, uh, at least in influencing my decisions uh, kind of with the business and also um, just my aspirations to kind of get into entrepreneurship.
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and we were also wondering, how did you and your partners each contribute your skills and talents to collaborate and create your platform? For sure. So um, we actually, I'm really lucky to have kind of had the team that I've had in developing CourseLink. Uh, Seb is like a super hardworking guy who's really, really competent as a developer. Uh, and the other guy that we, uh, Vic, that we kind of got on really early in the process is also super competent as well and really good at what he does. Uh, and so they were responsible for the development of the website and the app. Basically, what we, we all collaborated in uh, kind of outlining what we thought the app should look like, what its features should be, which was actually a pretty arduous process. Uh, there are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration when coming up with actually how something is going to work. Um, and so we kind of all did that together for, and I think that process took about two weeks. And then from then we diverged and they kind of, they um, coded everything. Uh, they uh, were essentially responsible for making every, sure that everything works. Uh, and then I kind of took on the legal and business aspects of the development of CourseLink. So I kind of did research to write a privacy policy, our terms of use. Um, also, uh, I uh, was responsible for pretty extensively testing it as well. Uh, and for all the kind of technicalities associated with incorporation, uh, our first kind of initial marketing plan that we used when launching and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, these guys, had, Vic was responsible for kind of how making the design, the UI, I guess, of uh, making how the site, making the site look nice. Uh, and Seb really did a lot of work in kind of coding the backbone. In fact, I think Seb did probably the most work out of everyone. Uh, he really came through. He developed the app that we have on the iPhone completely, and then also helped a lot with the functionalities of the website. Uh, so I'm super happy to kind of have this team. Uh, and then in addition to having the, kind of those two great guys, in January, we actually, uh, like I said before, we got three new guys. So we have Aritra, Abe, and um, uh, Timur, and um, two of which, uh, Aritra and Abe, are kind of responsible for furthering our app and making, or furthering our product and making a user experience as good as possible. And Timur is essentially responsible for getting as many people on the platform as possible, because that essentially is uh, the value that we provide. It's connecting students. And so our kind of biggest priority is getting students on first uh, to begin with. That's amazing. Um, and also just creating an app or any technology from scratch is a lot of work. And I'm sure you've encountered a lot of challenges and obstacles. So I was wondering if you could share some of those obstacles that you faced while creating sure. CourseLink and how you overcame them. Yeah, so um, essentially we started working on CourseLink in the summer and then continued into the fall. and two of the three guys on the team actually got it, myself included got COVID um, and actually were incapable of working on CourseLink at all for two weeks uh, because of kind of the symptoms associated with the virus. And so that really kind of put us back. Uh, and we were kind of, um, we weren't where we wanted to be uh, in January when we launched. Uh, but we did it nonetheless because we thought that um, the product that we had was good enough and it, uh, it was good enough to kind of attract users and to provide value. And um, so I'd say kind of having COVID was probably the biggest kind of stunt in, our, in the process. 
just because it stopped us from working for like two weeks respectively. That's uh, definitely sounds like a very unexpected obstacle. Yeah. Not something you typically um, experience, I guess, as an entrepreneur in the typical environment, I'd say. It's a very unique circumstance. Yeah, very much with the times. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And kind of going off of that, uh, what skills have you developed during the process of founding and running CourseLink? So I'd say time management has been a really big one, uh, just because uh, everyone involved in the process is has been full-time students. Uh, and kind of my eventual goal is to become a professor. So kind of school is first is kind of my first priority. Uh, and so, but nonetheless, there's still a lot of things to do with CourseLink, uh, like um, making business plans for kind of these entrepreneurship competitions, meeting, administrative stuff, uh, legal stuff, business related stuff. Um, and so ha- kind of working on CourseLink while being a full-time student has definitely forced me to become uh, much more effective in delegating uh, the amount of time that I kind of give to certain tasks. Um, and actually for that, I've started uh, using like daily planners and whatnot and like a journal where you put down uh, what stuff needs to get accomplished and then you cross it out later in the day. I think that's been really helpful. And just to add on to that question, um, is there anything that you learned and would like to share about working with other like co-founders and working with a team and managing a team? Yeah, for sure. So I'd say, um, and this was actually advice I got in the summer. Um, I think it was from my dad. Uh, and it was that an entrepreneur doesn't really need to be very, like super, super good at one thing. Uh, they just need to be uh, kind of comp or uh, they just need to understand how things work in a lot of different things. Uh, and so uh, it's generally good to have kind of one skill set that you can bring to a team, but then also an understanding of how other stuff work uh, so that you can kind of monitor how, uh, how things are going and how other people are working. And I think that's kind of, um, that kind of characterizes the CourseLink team uh, over the last nine months. And that is that um, Seb and Vic came into it with super uh, capable abilities in uh, kind of developing, but they also had kind of general experiences with, uh, like um, user experience and legal stuff and business stuff. So we're all, and I kind of, I have, I could not code like to save my life. I know nothing about that, but nonetheless, I'm, I still, uh, I can understand like uh, whether something works as it's supposed to. And so in that sense, we were kind of uh, really dynamic in cooperating in all this different, uh, in kind of um, different areas of the development of CourseLink. And even now, like all of us, whenever we do something, like whenever there's a new um, kind of thing that we undertake, like a new launch or anything like that, all of us take on the role of marketers, all of us kind of come into uh, and step up into the kind of the role that's needed. Uh, And so in that sense, it's very dynamic. Yeah, I think it's really important to try and become um, a very multidisciplinary individual, regardless of what position you are in a business or organization. Um, and speaking of which, how do you manage your time between being a founder and a student at the same time? And can you walk us through a day of your life? Sure. Um, so it's definitely, it's been a lot working on CourseLink kind of full-time and then also being a student. Uh, but 
I'm kind of lucky in the sense that Seb, uh, my friend that I founded this with, has really kind of taken on the role as the leader uh, of kind of of the group. And so essentially, I really um, he has been really good at kind of uh, telling me when I need to get stuff done uh, and kind of when stuff uh, when I need to get stuff done and what needs to get done. Uh, and so essentially, I think the uh, he basically he'll reach out to me. He'll say, hey, can you do this? Uh, and then I'll kind of fit it into my schedule and then do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I guess a day in the life would probably be um, waking up uh, or do you want like a good day or a bad day? Should I do both? Because do both. <laughs> okay, yeah. So for a good day, which uh, I actually had a few of uh, in the past couple of months would be to wake up at around 7.30 a.m. and then go on a run with my friend uh, before anything else and then come back, shower, uh, probably work on CoreSync related stuff um, for about an hour from like 9 a.m. to 10 uh, or 10.30. And then I'd have all my classes, classes and course related work would probably take me until 5 or 6 p.m. Uh, and then after that, um, it's generally, I generally have either free time or uh, I just catch up on lectures or something like that. Uh, so yeah, pretty be, pretty bleak. Um, but yeah, and then on the weekends, uh, when I'm in my house with my housemates in London, uh, we usually kind of just do stuff uh, within ourselves, uh, which are fun on kind of the weekends. And then I guess a bad day would be wake up at like 7.30 and then not feel like getting up for or getting up for a run and then going back to bed waking up at uh probably like 9 30 having breakfast doing my morning routine and then working on like coursing for about 30 minutes before classes start uh and then basically doing my class thing and school related thing until 6 p.m and then catching up on the work that i would have missed for coursing afterwards yeah honestly i think that's great like your transparency first of all um that you're able to like show like not every day is going to be a good productive day. Well, not necessarily, but um, that it's like sometimes you won't have that motivation to want to do everything, but just like catching up after that's really good. Um, yeah. And then moving on, are there any resources, for example, softwares or apps that you recommend for people aspiring to start their own entrepreneurship project? Um, something that I actually wanted to touch on just that you said earlier was that Basically, it's really easy to watch all these like YouTube videos and see people waking up at like 4 a.m. and doing like living really regimented lives and then kind of saying, oh, I'm going to replicate that and do that. It's but the thing is, is like uh, I've found in the past when I've done that, like when I did in the first year, it leads really quickly to like burning out and like not uh, and kind of periods of real uh, unproductivity. And so I guess the key to success in that regard is just kind of taking bad days as they come and kind of just getting what you can done within them and not kind of taking it as uh, not really getting fed up with like not achieving your goals or anything like that. Uh, Cause there always is tomorrow and the ne the day after that to kind of uh, rework and rework your routine and kind of get back into the gist of things. Uh, but as far as, um, uh, technologies and softwares go. Um, I, I guess a Zoom membership is pretty much really important now for anyone trying to start their own business. Um, we actually, it took us a long time at CourseSync to 
upgrade to a premium Zoom membership. Uh, so for a long time, we'd have like 30 minute meetings and then, or 40 minute meetings. And then you'd have to like end the meeting and start it again. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend having Zoom. And then we haven't really used, other than like to code, we haven't really used anything for productivity or time management. But I do know, uh, and potentially in the future, uh, we will implement something called Lettuce Meet, which is essentially, I think it's really great for teams. And it's, uh, it's essentially a website where uh, you can kind of log in and then map out when you're available to meet over like a period of time. And so it's really good. Like you can send it to your group chat or your, your team group chat and say, Hey, when can everyone meet? Um, like, and then this is when I can meet and they can all put it in together. It makes it a lot easier to, I guess, find time, find time to work. Yeah. That sounds like a really great idea. Um, I've seen similar stuff, uh, that's been used in like my clubs, extracurriculars, group projects. Um, it sounds very helpful. And just touching on what you said before, it's definitely really hard to like expect yourself to be perfect every day, wake up early, be productive. Um, but I think it's just about striving to do your best. So even if you're not feeling like up to doing an entire day's worth of productive things, like just do what you can um, and make up for it whenever possible, I guess. Like I've definitely tried the wake up super early workout, make a super healthy breakfast and it's just not sustainable uh, for most people. I know I value my sleep and stuff. I really agree with what you said. Yeah, I think the other thing too about that is it's really um, when you kind of commit to being regimented like that, um, it's really discouraging when you have days that don't go as you plan. And so from then on, it's kind of easy to get into these ruts where you're like, where you're just not motivated to do anything. Uh, and I think kind of in tune with that is kind of uh, particularly for people, for people like our age who are going into kind of business schools and, and studying really, uh, really difficult things. It's kind of, it's really easy to kind of see your days uh, or see time differently where it's like, I have to be doing something productive or, and if I'm not doing something productive, then I'm doing something wrong. But I think people should really put place a value on doing like unproductive stuff just to wind down. Uh, like I know meditation is great. Reading is good. Um, watching movies, hanging out with friends, all that stuff, even though it might seem unproductive can really pay dividends and kind of keeping you motivated and healthy uh, and, and happy. Yeah, absolutely. And with school, like mental health is such a prominent issue these days. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important to take time for yourself to reset and recharge. Uh, just like after the end of a long day, just to get ready for whatever's coming next. Yeah, I definitely think so. Because um, COVID-19 has been difficult for everyone. I, I like even me in second year after having like made a lot of friends in first year and having those kind of connections going into the year. Uh, I can definitely see how it's made kind of the university experience a lot more isolating uh, and a lot more atomized at that as well. And I guess that's part of the problem that we're trying to solve with CourseLink is just kind of um, kind of trying to fulfill that need for connection uh, that has been exacerbated in the pandemic, but is also kind of really important uh, at other times as well. And I guess the pandemic has kind of brought to light um, all these kind of social issues uh, and kind of uh, particularly those with mental health, like there are new studies coming out practically every day about uh, the pandemic's effects on mental health uh, and kind of student mental health at that. But I think 
uh, that makes it easy to forget that kind of in the years prior to the pandemic, a lot of universities were talking about having mental health crises. Uh, like students, uh, being a student uh, is always has always been hard and will always be hard. Uh, and so you really just have to kind of um, use all the resources that you can to stay mentally healthy and to connect with others. Are there any resources that you would recommend for mental health and well-being? Sure. Well, I think um, uh, at every school, every school, every university will provide uh, complimentary mental health like therapy sessions and whatnot. Uh, to all of its students, but um, I also think not necessarily um, not necessarily resources that I could. Um, I, I don't really have experience with mental health resources, but something that I can say that's kind of worked for me has been kind of getting into meditation every morning. Uh, just twenty minutes of not thinking about anything is kind of a really good way to de-stress. Uh, and then also uh, in in line with what with what I was talking about earlier is just that idea of doing unpractical stuff and doing stuff that feels like you doesn't necessarily feel like you're wasting your time with but just stuff that you enjoy doing uh, and for me I like to read a lot um, so that's kind of what I do to kind of tune down um, but yeah I think if anyone is having uh, kind of mental health problems I think maybe the most most important thing to do is to reach out to other people because uh, people are good and people will help uh, and I definitely say that's that's the most important thing. Yes, I definitely agree. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, and you did mention that you use a well, you've started using a planner and uh, a journal and meditating and all that. Um, so are there any other pieces of advice that you would like to share for students who want to eventually start their own business? With CourseLink, something that I've learned and come to appreciate is how great it is to have really good teammates, like really uh, well-meaning and kind of motivated people working with you. So I guess the best advice that I could give is just find people that you know are motivated and driven and kind of uh, good at what they do and, and, and work on something with them. But I guess something else that I think could probably be good uh, and that I do every day is I end the day by reading. So when I get into bed, I just, I probably spend around an hour every night reading. I mean, you can read anything you want. I personally read classic literature, uh, but I think like self-help books are good. Um, any, like anything related to passions that you kind of have. So I guess if you want to be a, if you want to be an entrepreneur, perhaps that's reading biographies of successful CEOs or kind of business books or anything like that. But I really do think reading is super important, uh, not just because it teaches you new things, but also because it kind of gets you into a mentality that I think is really important, which is one that is uh, it kind of allows you to focus a lot better. And I think that's particularly important in a time like right now when everything that you're doing is online. And when the temptation to kind of go on social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and whatnot is, is really heightened. I think that reading kind of, it just puts you in a state of mind, a, a state of focus that uh, allows you to kind of apply yourself um, in better ways when doing like school assignments and whatnot. So I think definitely reading, meditation, planning your days uh, are definitely things that I do every day and I think have helped me a lot. I think uh, could probably help any aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, I feel like um, with school and ever since I entered high school and probably when I go to university, things are just going to get even busier. And I've, I haven't really put reading as a priority, leisure reading. 
Um, and I think that after hearing what you said, I'm definitely going to try and implement that into, um, into my days as well. Um, are there any written works or books that inspire or motivate you or any that you'd just like to share with us? Um, sure. Uh, there are a lot. Um, I think, but to be perfectly honest, I think really people just have to find what speaks to them. Uh, like there's, a, in, I mean, you can go online and you can read, like uh, you can listen to professors speak and whatnot and they'll say, oh, uh, you have to read these books in order to be like, um, uh, in order to be cultured or whatnot. But I think so long as you're reading stuff that speaks to you and that's interesting to you, uh, I think it's like, it's sufficient. But I guess some recommendations that I could give, they'd all be fiction. Uh, anything by Dostoevsky, uh, he's a Russian author from the 19th century. I think his books in particular, Demons, Crime and Punishment, and The Brothers Karamazov are fantastic works that really kind of go super in-depth into what it means to be kind of human. Other books that are pretty good, Alexandre Dumas, The Count of Monte Cristo, I thought was really, really good. Uh, I enjoyed that one. And there are a bunch of short stories written by George Luis Borges, uh, who's a 20th century Latin American author that are really, really good and don't take a lot, a long time to read. Most of them are like three pages. Um, but it, kind of in line with mental health as well, a lot of these works really go in depth into kind of the human condition and what it means to kind of reconcile yourself to existence, I guess. And I guess that can be pretty helpful in kind of working through uh, mental health as well. Because it's just like, uh, it's not necessarily that you're connecting with others directly, but you're kind of living living through other experiences. I guess I found that to be pretty helpful in kind of, um, and maybe just a good consequence of reading literature as well. You said that you uh, really enjoy classical literature. Are there any yeah. that you recommend? Um, so yeah, in, in line with what I said before, that would be like Dostoevsky. Um, the, I love the Russians. They're fantastic. Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Uh, I think that's a really good work, not just for kind of anyone, but particularly people in looking to go into business, because it really is a fantastic demonstration of what happens when you kind of take this mentality that is business is business. And it's that where you kind of separate yourself in business from kind of your normal moral sphere in order to go into and basically to ruthlessly pursue profit and i think there's a lot that can be learned from that book and i think it's also just fantastically written uh, so i think joseph conrad's heart of darkness is fantastic i definitely recommend that um, and then something that i actually just read that's a little bit more obscure is uh, a work by an Austrian author called um, Stefan Zweig. It's called Chess Story. Uh, and it's, it was written, uh, Stefan Zweig was an exiled Jew from uh, uh, Austria. And as, essentially after the rise of Hitler, he went to um, Argentina. And this book is kind of a really short but interesting critique of fascism. 
And I just think I thought it was fantastically written and really, really interesting. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Leaderpreneurs. Again, a huge, huge thank you to Max for joining us today. We really, really enjoyed talking to Max about what it's like running a business all as a university student. And make sure to check out CourseLink on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at CourseLink with no I. And if you liked our conversation, be sure to check us out on YouTube for the video version of today's interview. And leave a like or a comment with any feedback or requests for topics. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. And be sure to stick around and connect with Leaders Fluent on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and stay tuned for the next episode. And always remember, leaders are made, not born. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.